Welcome everyone to the Cup of Coffee podcast with me, your host, Tom Dillon. This has been recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. Today's topic is case studies, um, which is a short topic. Um, and I'm excited to be joined by um, Dr. Yogesh Patel for, um, uh, for uh, the first of our case studies. Um, before we start, I'd like to say by way of a disclaimer that today is a wonderful discussion but that nothing said here constitutes financial advice and you should always take professional advice before investing your hard-earned cash. There may be the odd unplanned swear word along the way as well. The form for today is slightly shorter, so Yogesh will speak to us for about 15 minutes or thereabouts, and we'll take some questions from the floor. Um, Dr. Yogesh Patel is an experienced property investor working full-time as a doctor in London. He has a varied property portfolio of HMOs, buy-to-lets and serviced accommodation and experience of different strategies, including title splitting and planning gain. Good morning, Yogesh. Hi, thanks, Tom. Thanks for inviting me. Nice to see everyone. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to show you a couple of deals today. Um, to be a short little presentation. I'll tell you a bit about myself. So, yeah, I'm a doctor. Uh, I work in Croydon. I'm actually a GP partner. So that means uh, not only do I um, have to see patients, I've got to run the business. I also train up other doctors, uh, G other GPs, medical students, junior doctors. So I've got quite a busy life. A couple of interesting things I've done is the fire walk with Tony Robbins on his Unleash the Power Within, which is, um, which is an absolutely fascinating event. And I've been on Sky TV. Um, you can YouTube my name, you'll find it, uh, Pitching a Deal on the TV programme Property Elevator. And I'm on the next series as well, if you want to watch out for that one. Um, so, uh, I'll give you, I've got two deals. I've got uh, one about flat um, flat, and another one about planning deal. So this is the first deal. Um, it's a two bed in Crystal Palace. I found it by an estate agent, which I've got a good relationship with. Kind of ticked all the boxes. It's a flip deal, below market value and add, an add value as well deal. And the owner was kind of needed the money ASAP situation. And what I did, I converted it uh, bought it cheap, converted it into from a two bed to a three bed. And I think the floor plan here. So this is actually the floor plan after I did the conversion. Um, the On the left hand side, the kitchen lounge was just a lounge before I bought it. And the kitchen was on the was the top bedroom on the left. So all I did is I moved the kitchen into the kitchen lounge area and then create that use that space to create the third bedroom. And this area, the third bedroom probably is worth I know an additional 70, 80 grand um, in that area. So it's well worth doing. Um, numbers, numbers, this is the most interesting bit. So purchase 350, found the bar at 625. I, uh, I got finance on it. So I just put 90 grand deposit, got the rest from the bank. You had all your stamp duty and legals at 20,000. Spent about 115 on doing the work. They need a complete refurb and about 20K on interest cost. So if you do the maths, um, 625, take away all the cost above is 120K profit. Now the number I always look at is your return on cash invested. So I've done the maths there already, but basically it worked out to be 53% in a year. That's, that, was, um, that was a very good deal. Um, and then uh, here's some pictures. People like to see pictures. So this is what it ended up looking like. Hang on. Hang on. So quite a high-end finish in Crystal Palace. 
Okay, so that was the first deal. And the second deal uh, was a planning gain, which, um, which is actually my favorite kind of deals at the moment. So uh, I, uh, the, on the left is uh, a sketch of the, uh, it was a bungalow in a corner plot in Croydon as well, actually. And on the right, I got planning to convert it into four flats, which uh, basically involved knocking down the bungalow and building a bigger building um, instead. So um, this might be a bit too small for you guys to see, but I'll summarize it. Uh, this is so uh, after you knock down and rebuild, what happened is you've got four flats. It's basically two flats on the ground and uh, two and a bit flats on the first floor. Um, that's how it works out. At, but I appreciate this is probably quite difficult to see. So I can come back to that if you've got questions about that. But the numbers again. So it was a two bed bungalow in Croydon. It got 365. Um, Again, I got a mortgage, so 100,000 on deposit, um, the rest on mortgage. Uh, it was a bit of a fight because there aren't many flats in this area, but I, I did get planning for four flats um, and it had to go to planning committee um, to get the approval because there were so many objections. Um, but don't worry about objections. If planning council is on your side, you're usually okay. And then the developer just bought it for 650. Now, just to emphasize, they bought it just with planning permission, I didn't build this out. So the profit was in getting the planning, not in building it out. I'm sure they made their own money when they built it out, but I didn't. Um, so when you work out the maths, um, my cost of finance legal stamp was 85,000. So the profit is 650 minus 365 minus 85. So I made about um, 200 grand profit on that deal. I only put in a hundred um, ish plus maybe my planning fees, but it, it works out just under 200% return on money. The planning probably took about six months. So if you analyze it, that's probably 400% in a year. So those that was that's quite an amazing deal. I was very happy with that one. I um, think that might be it. Uh, just a plug, if you want some mentoring, get in touch. Um, and these are all my details. And if you scan that QR, it should go into your phone automatically um and that's it smashing uh, thank you very much yogesh very uh short sweet to the point but exactly what we're after which is a look at some case studies um not manchester based but i think so it was interesting to see you know what's possible elsewhere because they're very different markets clearly um so uh, i've got some questions um but if anyone's got any questions in the chat see you've already got one from colin which um which you might even jump on first but is uh is um it's popping in the chat and we'll we'll get on to as many as we can in the time we have um for, well first of all uh for those who for the first deal you showed some fancy pictures at the end uh at crystal palace and you sort of mentioned that they were it was a high-end finish but for those listening rather than watching i just say it's um it was proper uh, estate agent stuff, wasn't it? As in, you know, it was really show home stuff is the word I'm after. It was really, really good stuff. Did you do that yourself or did you get like a, a company to do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot people are not going to see the pictures. Um, I, I basically paid someone to stage it. Oh, that's what it looked like if you'd yeah. uh, done that yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell of no, I, I generally, because I'm working all the time, I generally pay people to do stuff. But yeah, I just paid someone. Uh, I mean, the staging it costs quite a lot, actually, probably in the order of 5000 for a couple of months of staging. Okay. I found you can do it yourself for a lot cheaper, but 
it would take a lot of time. That's the problem. Yeah, right. So is that uh, what's that old saying about um, poor people exchange their time for money and rich people exchange their money for time? Not that I'm saying you're a rich person, but uh, <laughs> well, who knows? You know, maybe one day. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're doing alright for yourself. Well, you seem to be looking at these deals. So, uh, which brings us to my next question. You know, you're, you're a busy man. You mentioned you're a partner in a GP practice, and I've got a friend who's similar, and uh, she doesn't have a lot of time on her hands. Um, and I doubt you do either. So, how do you? I'm sure this is a question you get a lot. Uh, about how do you how do you fit things in? Is it about making sure you're leveraged and, and paying other people to do a lot of this stuff for you? Yeah, the most important skill I've learned is time, is leveraging time. So um, that saying you just said is really important. I, I don't know where it came from. I think it may, might have come from Robert Kiyosaki's book. Um, mm. But yeah, poor, poor people spend their time to save money and rich people spend their money to save time. So um it, it, the key thing is finding trusted people you can pay to just get stuff done for you it doesn't always work out you always get some bad people but eventually you find good people and you stick with them so once you've got good people you could you, you know you just literally ask them to do what needs to get done and it gets done okay um we'll, we'll sort of yeah. weave in and out now between my questions and other people's um yeah. colin asks whether uh, you got full planning i think we're talking about the second deal now the flats uh, was that full planning or outline planning permission? It was full planning. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think there's a question I've got, which is um, about the planning. I mean, that, that deal, as you said, was planning gain. So for those who, who don't know, that basically means, you, you, yeah, as you said yourself, you don't necessarily need to build the thing at all. There's no builders involved. There's no building involved. There's, um, did you demolish it yourself or, or get that done yourself? I, I did, actually, but that was because it was negotiation. That was interesting, a trick I learned. So they didn't want to pay the stamp duty on the, on the um, house. So yeah. uh, they were going to just knock off the price of that. And I said, well, hang on, let me knock it down. Well, I exchanged contracts first. That was very important. Um, I just exchanged contracts and then, um, then I knocked it down. And then they only paid the stamp duty for the land. And then um, it was much cheaper. And then they gave me my, they didn't deduct the price off. So yeah, I did. Interesting, interesting. But uh, yeah, again, going back to the planning gain thing, the, the the whole point with that is that you don't you don't you know no one ever needs to put a brick down. Um, you just you just get um, planning uplift to increase some price based on the fact you've now got planning permission on the site, and then away you go uh, selling the selling the property. So um, so that's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, the, sticking with that deal, um, Arvinda says, "Well done, Yogesh. Very inspiring." The planning gain deal. Did you buy it and take a punt that you get planning? And if so, what was your exit? I guess, I guess that means like exit if it all went wrong. Yeah. No, I understand the question. So I bought it because I knew I could always rent it, and it was an okay area, and I could resell it. So I bought it. I've never been able to find anyone to do an option in London so far. I'm still looking, but most people always seem to want the money and need the cash. So. I bought it. The worst case scenario is just to let it out, and I get a, a bit of a yield. That's how I see it. I suppose the key is to make sure you get you decide that and whether you're going to let it or rent it out before you demolish it. Otherwise, that plan B becomes money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no exchange contracts, then demolish it. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I had another question about it, which was um, uh, splitting a bedroom. Which is going back to the first deal now. Um, splitting a bedroom seems pretty easy. You know, funny fact was that I did my first deal, although albeit with many fewer zeros involved. Um, uh, why isn't Why isn't everybody doing that, or are they doing that? 
I don't know. To be honest, I didn't. Someone bought me this deal, so I didn't spot it myself. Um, why are other people doing it? I don't know. You've got to know. Got to know about it, don't you? If no one tells you, you don't know. Um, yeah, if you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. It, it's now I look for it, obviously. Um, yeah. And then lastly, for me, I think um, was there's some big numbers involved here. And clearly you're an experienced guy, so that helps. You know, if, you, if it's your first deal and multiple hundreds of thousands of pounds are being kicked about, that's going to cause you a lot of stress. But that was my question about, about stress and pressure and stuff like that. How do you, some of these deals, especially that planning, going through planning, I know because I've done it myself quite a few times, is is, is stressful and, and especially you often get a little bit of bad news along the way, even if overall eventually it works out. There's plenty of, oh, well, this isn't going to work. Oh, we found a bat. Oh, you know, this, that and the other. It tends to be a rocky road planning or it can be. How do you deal with that stress or are you, have you always been quite, is, is, is it about having a good plan B or is it just you, the way you're wired? You know, are you you're good at dealing with that or is it, is it techniques that you've learned? Uh, things do stress me, but that did not stress me. Um, well, it was rented. The house was rented, so my mortgage had been paid. So it didn't really matter how long it took. Um, it didn't really matter how long it took. So I just um, I just paid the planners to get on with it, really. I don't, yeah. and waited until it happened. Did you it didn't happen, it was rented. So it was, there wasn't any... It's not like I'm losing money, really. Yeah. No. Did you just put a thumping dance beat on for a couple of seconds there to make sure we were paying attention? Uh, someone was trying to call me. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably the agent wondering where I am. But anyway. No, sure enough. Um, uh, uh, for those listening, uh, uh, the um, yoga she's got another big deal to go and crack in a minute, so yeah. that's what we're going to we're, we're recording a slightly earlier than usual today. Um, uh, uh, I'm not getting the pronunciation of your name right, I'm afraid, sir. But Mr. Why don't we go for Mr. Mighty? That gives me a better chance. Um, asks. Um, what are the characteristics you would need to see in a flat to know if you can add a room to it? Did you ask for planning permission for that? Oh, that's a very good question. Okay. Um, well, you just need to make sure you can you can reconfigure the floor plan so that you can fit a bedroom big enough. Um, mm. So if you've got a big room somewhere, then normally you can you can do something. Uh, do you need planning? Okay. Uh, it, I learned a lot of lessons to this one. So freeholder issues, leaseholder issues. Obviously, I'm a leaseholder in this situation. Uh, make sure you get the freeholder's consent to what you're doing, ideally before you buy the property, uh, not after, because they can be a pain. Um, and planning. So you don't need planning if you don't make external changes technically, although the freeholder can can insist, and they did insist in my situation, that I do get planning. So it was a bit of an artificial exercise having to get planning for something you don't need planning for. So technically you don't, but you what, can get it. What did the planners make of that? Because it must be like, we received your application, uh, Mr. Patel, but you don't actually need planning, so we're not sure what to do here. Was it, was it like that? It was, it was actually more awkward than I thought it would be, uh, to be honest. Um, uh, it's a bit complicated, so um, they gave it in the end, but it was a bit of a fight. Well, no different, slightly different, but similar note, we once applied for a, a license because we, we, for some reason, we needed it for a mortgage or this, that, and someone had asked for it. We applied for a mortgage on a four-bed property, uh, for, for a license for a house of multiple occupation, HMO. And um, they came back and said, yeah, but the things we don't, we can't give you one. Um, like, you yeah. filled all the criteria, but we don't give them for four beds. So we had to go back, I think it was to the mortgage lender and say, yeah, well, the thing is, we, we just can't get one. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so sometimes you get into interesting situations. Don't you? I missed a question here, which was, I think, we'll, we'll, um, well, I, I, uh, I'll ask, I've in, I've in asks um what were your approximate costs on planning for the bungalow deals that's the second one uh about twenty thousand. uh actually on that one there was a lot of specialist reports required 
Um, but I don't think it needed to cost that much, but I wasn't, I didn't really keep an eye on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if that, that's your biggest problem, you didn't keep an eye on it, but hey, how you made made what yeah. you made on it, then that's not so bad, is it? Um, yeah. Uh, Colin asks, did the freeholder charge you a fee to give their permission to add the third bedroom? Uh, no, because I, I agreed it before I purchased it. Right. So that's a, but that's there is also it. another way around it, however, which you can always get uh, indemnity policies. So if the freeholder doesn't give consent, you can get indemnity policies so that that should satisfy the future buyer or the lender. Yeah, if anyone doesn't know, indemnity policy is basically an insurance policy um, to, against bad things which might happen and then, then you're covered, usually. So that yeah. can be a good thing. Um, okay, uh, well, Yogesh, really appreciate your time. Um, unless you have any final thoughts, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up there. And um, uh, it's been great to hear from you. It's always great to get a case, especially from one of our own who've been kind of supporting Cooper for a long time and we really appreciate your input and uh, I know people really appreciate the learnings from these sort of bigger deals so when people are starting out maybe they start with small stuff that's smaller than this and um, I think it gives people really sort of motivates me to think you know um, let's go out there and do some do some bigger stuff uh, if, if the right deal comes comes across so really appreciate your time. No thanks for having me and thanks for the great questions and if anyone wants to get in touch for a bit of advice and please do so thank you so much.